0: Amen. You may be seated, church family. We are very grateful for Mark and the gifts that the Lord's given him and the way he's growing in those gifts. But gifts aren't enough. We need the Lord and his strength and his power. And so I'm going to pray for Mark before he preaches this morning. Lord, I thank you for this word in acts and the way that mark embodies it and it lives in him and i pray that you'd bless him to speak out of that place pray lord that you would do what we just sang that you would cause your church to hunger for your ways and so god let us see your ways as mark brings your word to us this morning we ask holy spirit that you would anoint him afresh with your words. Come, Holy Spirit, give us ears to hear God's word to us and strengthen your church in the name of Jesus. Amen.
1: Amen. Thanks, Pastor Dave. Um, I think that the story that Pastor Dave shared about the conference is pretty awesome. And I think I could have just probably used that as my sermon illustration because... Uh, this sermon is going to be all about how God is working and bringing his kingdom today. And so just keep that story in mind as we journey through this text as we talk about it today. So we've been, over the past few months, going through the book of Acts and seeing what living like life in the kingdom of God was like for the early church. Acts starts with the ascension of Jesus, and then it goes on from there to tell what happened and how the church grew through the early believers being witnesses to the world. These group, this group of believers were with Jesus during his earthly ministry, and they were empowered to bring the gospel. They ministered like Jesus ministered through healings, through signs and wonders, and through the deliverance of driving out of demons. They were with Jesus, and so they saw what he did, and they did that same thing. Many people during this time received the gift of faith and salvation as the church grew. They were experiencing exactly the things that Jesus said that they would experience when he was with them. Then we read about the persecution that broke out against the church and how the believers were scattered like seeds throughout the Roman Empire. Last week, we heard about how Philip was motivated to take the gospel to the Samaritan people, who were a people that were once considered unreachable by the Jews. And that became the way that the early church operated in those days. So today, we're going to go back to the beginning of this whole movement and look at how did these people live like this and how do we live like that too. Today, you might not realize this, but today is Ascension Day, or we're celebrating Ascension Day, which is the day that Jesus was taken up into heaven 40 days after he was resurrected from the dead. Sometimes this um, holiday or celebration is kind of overshadowed by Easter and Good Friday, and we, those are awesome days. And we don't always think about, well, what's the importance and the significance of Jesus' ascension to the throne? And that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to find out that it's really actually very important because Jesus is our ascended king and he empowers us to be his witnesses in the world. He's directing the advance of his kingdom from his throne in heaven. I have to admit that for a long time I didn't really understand what the kingdom of God looked like. I heard about stories of Amazing things happening in Africa and Asia, but I had never seen anything like that happen here, and so I didn't really think that God worked like that over here in in our country. And it wasn't until I met a special person that I started to have a little bit of a change in how I believe what I believed about the kingdom of God. Uh, Rebecca and I were ministering in Romania. And we were in a critical time of making a decision of where God wanted us for the future. And so we came home, and through some really good mutual friends, we met this guy named Jay Knobloch. And he was able to pray with us, and he received some words of knowledge from God that really connected with our hearts, and that set us on the journey of um, coming back home here, Um During that time, I talked a lot with Jay about his ministry. We became good friends, and he was telling me how he was called from Iowa to come to Grand Rapids to live by faith, to minister on the streets, and how he would meet people in the park or on the streets, pray for them, and see miraculous healings happen. And that was challenging to me. Um, I was like, wow, I mean, that actually sounds really amazing. I would love if God worked that way still today. Uh, So I was just really thankful that God set me on that journey of learning about God's kingdom through Jay, and that's a journey that I'm still on today. So for our text today, we're going to turn to Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11, which is on page 1689 in the Bibles in your seats. It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them, Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand there looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. This is the word of the Lord. So in these verses, Luke is giving us just a short snapshot of what happened in the 40 days between the time of Jesus' resurrection and his ascension. He says that Jesus spent those 40 days convincing them that he was alive and teaching them about the kingdom of God. And sometimes I wish that there was another book in between Luke and Acts that would tell us all of what Jesus said during those 40 days and all of the things that he did during those 40 days. So I can imagine that there's a lot in there. Um, But Jesus did talk a lot about his kingdom also before he was Um, taken up into heaven and he talked about that during his earthly ministry with the disciples a lot he told many parables and stories about how his kingdom was coming but what did he mean by his kingdom his kingdom is his rule and reign on earth but the apostles didn't really understand jesus's kingdom and how it would advance without him there See, even after listening to Jesus talk about the kingdom for 40 days, they asked this question to him that shows that they were expecting him to advance his kingdom. Verse 6 says that they asked if he was at that time going to restore the kingdom to Israel. You see, the Jews believed that the Messiah would be a great political and military leader who would return the kingdom of God to Israel and make them the kingdom of God and everyone else would be subservient to them. They had been God's people, but now they were under Roman rule. And so they were hoping that Jesus was going to do that now at that time, that he was going to return them to their former glory. See, they were supposed to be God's chosen people, and they knew how kingdoms worked in that day. See, kingdoms usually come by advancing by power and might. One kingdom is stronger than another, and it takes over the other kingdom. That's how kingdoms usually advance in the world. Israel had done that when they conquered the Promised Land, and then they were also conquered by bigger empires like Assyria and Babylon, and then finally Rome. So imagine what it must have been like to be an apostle of Jesus, witnessing him advancing his kingdom on earth, By healing sicknesses, performing miracles and signs and wonders, and driving out demons. When Jesus was arrested and crucified, their hopes were dashed and they were scattered. Some even went back to returning to their old professions. With Jesus coming back from the dead, though, it was the biggest miracle of all. Their hope was restored and their faith was restored. They knew for sure now that Jesus was the Son of God and that everything he said about himself was true. So now, finally, he'll bring the kingdom back to Israel. But instead of affirming their desires, though, Jesus actually rebukes them in verse 7 and says, it isn't for you to know when that will happen. Actually, my kingdom is going to come through your witness. You have seen and experienced all I've done, and will be my witnesses, not only in Jerusalem and Judea, which was their home country, but also in Samaria and to all the nations. I have chosen you to be my witnesses, even though it seems foolish. And then Jesus ascended and left them to wait, just as he had told them in verse 4. They kept looking into the sky after Jesus, probably thinking to themselves, "Mm, why does he have to leave? Can you just imagine what they were doing when they were looking at like that? They stayed looking into the heavens for so long that angels came and asked, why are you looking up into heaven still? But Jesus was their leader, who they loved, and they may have felt like he was abandoning them by leaving. Just like when we feel grief and loss when someone goes on a long trip or leaves this life, I think that that might be what they were feeling in this moment. They were just a small band of ordinary men facing insurmountable pressure from all sides. How would they be Jesus' witnesses without him there to direct them? Do you ever feel overwhelmed like the apostles were feeling then? It can be difficult to understand how God's kingdom advances through our witness. We live in a kingdom that adamantly opposes Jesus and doesn't want to give up its territory. The kingdom of darkness rules the world today, and it seems more powerful than ever. Sickness and oppression is widespread. The majority of people on our earth don't call Jesus Lord. This kingdom is the exact opposite of Jesus' kingdom, and it doesn't want him to reign. One of its main tools is deception. And one of the greatest deceptions that I believe has brought into the world is that God doesn't work today in the same way that he worked in the days of the apostles, that healings, signs and wonders, and the casting out of demons ended after the apostles died. Uh, This has led many people and probably many of us to experience our relationship with God, maybe just on an intellectual level. Uh, We don't expect power in ministry, and so our witness is just based on our words. And so this can lead to frustration sometimes because people don't respond to the gospel like we would like them to. We don't see the, the results that we would like. We can then fall into trying to advance the kingdom by might, just as others have in the past, With disastrous results because we don't really understand how God advances his kingdom. Then we can struggle to be uh, accepting of the call to be witnesses because we haven't really experienced God's kingdom in our own lives. Um, We often find that we have to know who Jesus is in order to share who Jesus is with others. Isn't that true? See, the apostles, they saw and experienced what Jesus was doing in, him, in them and through them. And it seemed like they still didn't quite understand what he was asking them to do. Uh, we come to faith by the calling of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But have we really opened ourselves up to be healed by Jesus? We struggle to win the battles between our old self and our new nature because we're not expecting God to work in powerful ways in our lives. Then, when we hear the call to be witnesses to Jesus, to all the world, we struggle to give up our own comforts. We stay focused on our own kingdom, and we don't have the deep desire to see people set free because we're still standing with one foot in the world. And we haven't let ourselves be totally set free either. And then, finally, when we do give ourselves uh, over to Jesus and give him the control of our lives, we often find that we have to wait for what he's calling us to do. Just like the apostles had to wait when they were waiting in Jerusalem. I think waiting is one of the hardest things to do. And um, I often hear people joke about not praying for patience because God will give you lots of opportunities to grow in patience. (laughs) And so... Uh, We often try to make things happen on our own without waiting for the Lord's guidance. And we don't always take the time to carefully discern where God is calling us to. I know that through many of the times of transition in my own life, and when I was talking to Jay, he said the same thing, that those times of waiting are just really, really hard. We just want to know what the next steps are because we like to have everything planned out, but God is only showing us step-by-step, one step at a time, and maybe we don't even know what that next step is. So it can be very hard, but I know that looking back, that God has been faithful and that he has had everything under control. And I've grown through these experiences. See, we're not alone in this struggle because Jesus' ascension made it possible for the Holy Spirit to come and to empower us to be his witnesses. Jesus is directing his kingdom from the throne. In order to advance God's kingdom, we need to understand God's kingdom. God's kingdom is a kingdom of love. In John 3.16, it says that God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that all those who believe would not perish but would receive eternal life. We need to understand that God's kingdom doesn't come through political might or power, but that it comes by love through spiritual power. The kingdom of darkness crumbles as people are healed and set free from bondage. Signs and wonders and the casting out of demons. Through the unity and the witness of believers, Jesus' kingdom comes and takes that ground away From the kingdom of darkness. And this has been God's plan from the beginning. The entire Bible, what we have here, this entire Bible is God's story of how he would rebuild his relationship with his people since the fall into sin of Adam and Eve. When God called Abraham, he promised that he would make him into a great nation and that all nations would be blessed through him. And that blessing came in Jesus. Jesus knew that his kingdom would bring freedom to all those in bondage by loving people. Now here in our text, he's calling the apostles to pass it on to others because they've experienced it in their own lives. I think Peter is a really good example of this because when he denied Jesus, he was crushed by his own guilt. If you remember that story. But then Jesus came back and he reinstated him. He forgave Peter and he took away that guilt from his life. And then he said, Peter, you're the rock that I'm going to build my church. So Peter had experienced that restoration in his life. And in order to to be a witness to the world then, Jesus promised that they would all be empowered by the Holy Spirit. In John 16... Jesus assures his disciples that it will be good for him to go away because if he didn't leave, the Holy Spirit wouldn't come. And then he said that when the Holy Spirit does come, he will convict the world of their unbelief and of the coming judgment. He didn't want the disciples or any of us to do anything on our own because we just don't have the power to do that. Then he also had the apostles wait in Jerusalem. And as they stayed and waited for the uh, Holy Spirit to be poured out, Luke actually tells us at the end of his gospel that their joy grew, that they were going to the temple and praising God every day that they were waiting for the Holy Spirit to be poured out. They were able to praise God in that time of waiting because they were keeping their hope and their focus on him and waiting for what Jesus had promised to them. So today we can see all around us that Jesus continues to empower his witnesses to advance his kingdom. Jesus' ascension was the final piece in paving the way for his kingdom to come. With Jesus on his throne in heaven, at the right hand of God the Father, he's able to work everywhere now through the power of the Holy Spirit not just in the geographical region where he was when he was a physical man. At Gold Avenue Church and other places, like Pastor Dave's story highlighted, uh, we've been very blessed to experience the kingdom coming here. We've seen multiple healings, and we've seen people set free. We've seen things like a healed shoulder, uh, kidney function restored, so that there was no more dialysis. Cancer disappearing. We've seen people emotionally healed through prayer appointments when strongholds are destroyed and the truth sets people free. People in our neighborhood are hearing about the truth of Jesus and how much he loves them and they're coming to faith. Jesus is on his throne directing all of this. And our motivation should be the same as Jesus's compassion and love for those who need to know him. A few weeks ago, Pastor Dave and I were walking around in the neighborhood and I was learning more from Pastor Dave about the kingdom of God as I'm on this continued journey. So we were walking and we met a woman um, who came up to us and asked us a question. She said, hey, um, can I ask you guys a question? I'm just wondering if you know where I can find a drink. And it was around 11.30 in the morning. And so we we kind of looked at each other and uh, didn't really know what to say. She went on to say, well, um, I just broke up with my boyfriend and I moved here from out of town, out of state even, to be with him. And uh, she was just feeling really distraught. And so uh, Pastor Dave and I were just moved by compassion for her and so we, we talked with her for a while. We were asking her um, if she had a place to stay and if she had a way to support herself, which thankfully she did. But while we were having that conversation and, and just listening to her pour her heart out to, out to us, I just kept feeling this nudge, like, pray for her. Ask her if you could pray for her. And so I did that. And I, I said, hey, can we pray for you? Um, and she said, sure. So we did pray for her. We prayed blessing on her. We prayed for God to work in her life and to fill her up and to pour his spirit out on her. And after we were done praying, we asked her some more questions. Um, she said that she didn't really have a relationship with God, but that while we were praying for her, she was feeling warm inside. And so we told her, I be- we believe that that is the power of the Holy Spirit working inside of you. Jesus' love coming and washing over you even in this place of hurt. And so I'm so thankful that God gives us those opportunities to minister to people and that his kingdom comes through, you know, few words of knowledge and his spirit working in her heart in a way that she could even feel. Um, Thank Jesus for that. And so as we celebrate Jesus' ascension to his throne today, here are three points that summarize what we've learned. first, Remember that Jesus is presently reigning as king. He is active and engaged in our world and in our lives. When we understand how God's kingdom advances, we can be effective witnesses for him. Jesus said in John 14 that we would do the same things that he did because he went to the Father. We should ask God to expand our beliefs of how he works in and through us. And we also need to know who we are in God's kingdom. Ephesians 2.6 says that we are seated in the heavenly realms with Jesus. We are sons and daughters of the King, and he is well pleased to use us to further his kingdom. Second, our witness flows out of our relationship with Jesus. As we experience Jesus' healing work in our own lives, we can confidently share that with others as a personal experience. Have you experienced his love and his healing in your life? Have you asked Jesus to sit on the throne of your life and to give you love and compassion for the lost? If you haven't done that, answer his call to be made whole and to experience his kingdom coming in you. Then you can live out your mission boldly and confidently, being available to be used by Jesus wherever and whenever he directs. And third, Jesus empowers us through the Holy Spirit. He desires for us to work in his power and not in our own. And our witness is strengthened when we do that. The Spirit empowers us to do the same things that Jesus did to advance his kingdom. Have you asked for the Holy Spirit to come on you for the gifts that he has for you? Ask him to empower you. And especially if you're feeling like you're in a waiting period right now, Remember that he has everything planned out. He's directing everything from his throne in heaven. And even in this time, he wants to grow your faith and give you opportunities to witness. Jesus is coming and his kingdom is all around us, near and far. He's driving out the kingdom of darkness through our witness. What are some of the ways that Jesus might be calling you into mission in his kingdom? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, even though we often wish that you were here with us in person, we are thankful that you ascended to your throne so that each one of us can share in your kingdom mission. Please give us a passion for your kingdom. Give us compassion and love so that we can see people set free from the kingdom of darkness. Empower us. Pour out your gifts and lead us each day as we seek your face and your kingdom. We look forward to the day you return and your mission is completed. And until then, we put our hope in you. Amen.
2: Church family, I, um, as I'm sitting there and listening to this message, um, I had these impressions. And I don't know if this is for anybody here, or if this is for people that we're going to encounter this week, but um, I want to just share these impressions that I believe God wants to minister to crushed hearts, holes in hearts, and disappointments. Crushed hearts, holes in hearts, and disappointments is the, kind of the impression that I have. And I wonder... Does anyone here feel like they have a crushed heart or a hole in your heart or a disappointment that you would want the Lord to just maybe minister hope or healing to? If that would be you, I'm going to ask that you'd be brave and just raise your hand. All right. Keep your hand up. Church, we just um, have prayed and said we believe that um, the Lord wants to use us to minister and that the Holy Spirit empowers us, and um, so i 'm going to ask you to keep your hand up, and actually i 'm going to ask that you look around and if you see somebody with their hand up near you to that a couple of you would just get up and go to wherever somebody's we're going to pray for these people right now. so um, make sure that so back here, back there, over here, two people over here, we need people to get up and move. Just come on. Yeah, just come on in. All right. And right now, um, I'm going to ask the Lord that he would just gift. And so, Lord, I thank you now that you, um, by your Holy Spirit, that you give good gifts to bring your hope and to bring your healing and to bring your encouragement. And so I pray that you would come upon those that are going to pray now. And so if you're around one of these people that had their hand up, I'm going to invite you to just quietly pray for those people. And for all of us that are sitting here um, that are not praying directly for someone, we're all praying that the Lord would bring hope and healing to these hearts. And so let's just, um, I'm going to ask the worship team to just play some music while we're um, praying for our brothers and sisters here.